What's happening, everybody? Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, and welcome to the 2020 predictions for the NHL tournament to award the Stanley Cup. You'll notice that I didn't call it the Stanley Cup playoffs because it's not. So a couple of housekeeping things. You may be wondering, why did I choose the podcast format for this rather than doing a video? Look, honestly, I'm still, I still have my reservations about this whole thing taking place. So I figured, you know what, for the round robin slash play in slash qualifying slash, I don't know, flip a coin maybe for this Frankenstein's monster part of this tournament. I figured, you know what, we're going to do this as a podcast and we're going to see how the first little bit goes. And then once we actually get into the actual quote unquote playoffs, which I'm still not going to call them the Stanley Cup playoffs, and I'll get into that a little bit here in a second. But once we get to that stage of it, who knows, maybe we'll bring the video format back. But for this one, we're going to go podcast and see how it goes. So Justin, why aren't you calling this the Stanley Cup playoffs? Why are you calling it the NHL tournament to award the 2020 Stanley Cup? Well, because it's not the Stanley Cup playoffs. And look, I'm not a format purist when it comes to the Stanley Cup playoffs. Like, you can change the Stanley Cup playoff format if you want to. And I'm open to those kinds of changes. I was open to it when they realigned the divisions and made their last change. It's not a matter of that. It's a matter of, and this is going to go into my other big thing here, I will forever look at the 2020 Stanley Cup as less legitimate than the other Stanley Cups that have come before it. Even the Stanley Cups that were won in lockout shortened seasons. And I'll just take a second and explain why I think that. I don't need you to agree with me. I do just kind of need you to understand where I'm coming from. Plain and simply, they didn't finish the regular season. Even in lockout shortened seasons, they completed a regular season. Even if it was only 48 games or what, whatever the game amount was. Every team played the same number of games and they completed their regular season before they went into their postseason. That didn't happen this year. Like, obviously, COVID shut the NHL down, shut all the professional sports leagues down, and some teams have played 69 games, and some teams have played 70, and some have played 71, and well, we're going to use points percentage. And it just became this Frankenstein's monster of a tournament to justify to the NHL like fulfilling their television contracts. It's I have a very jaded opinion of the reasoning for doing this, and it sure as heck is not about player safety. It's about fulfilling TV contracts. You could very easily have had a year where you just didn't award the Stanley Cup. Like, you could have a year where that happens, but that obviously was not going to happen because there's way too much money involved. Now, look, if you don't like my opinion on that, again... I don't need you to agree with me, but that is kind of where I'm coming from. That's why I'm not calling it the Stanley Cup playoffs. And I will forever look at this Stanley Cup like it's less legitimate. And don't get me wrong, whoever wins the Stanley Cup in 2020, even if it's my team, even if it's Montreal, the team will have had to earn it. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying the players wouldn't have earned this Stanley Cup. And I won't point at individual players and say, you know, your Stanley Cup it means less than every other player's Stanley Cup. I'm not going to do that. But when I look at the 2020 Stanley Cup on its own, I will look at it as less legitimate than other years. Sorry. With that said, it's certainly not going to change the fact that it's going to happen, assuming COVID doesn't shut that down as well. But since it's going to happen, we might as well do some predictions for it. I do have some thoughts 
on the series that are upcoming and the round robin. And that's where we're going to start. We're going to start with this top four round robin that they're going to be doing in each conference. So you have the top four teams in each conference in the East. It's Boston, Tampa Bay, Washington, and Philadelphia. And in the West, it's St. Louis, Colorado, Vegas, and Dallas. So these four teams each are going to play a three-game round robin. They play every other team once, and the standings of that round robin will then dictate who's the number one seed, who's the number two seed, who's the number three seed, and who's the number four. So we're going to start in the Eastern Conference. Again, Boston, Tampa, Washington, and Philadelphia. So there's six games on the slate here, which is, again, each team playing each other team once. Uh, Philly and Boston, I'm going to give this game to Boston. We're going to go 4-3 in overtime for this very first game. So Boston picks up the two points there. Philly grabs a point. Next game is Washington and Tampa Bay. I think that might even be on the same day or the next day. I'm going to give this one to the Lightning. I think the Lightning take this 3-1. to one. So there's two points for Tampa. Tampa plays the next game then against Boston. I'm going to give the Bruins this one as well. Let's give it to the Bruins 3-2. I think that'll be an excellent hockey game. That'll come right down to the wire. But I am going to give it to Boston in regulation. Next game is Washington and Philadelphia. I'm going to give this one to the Flyers. I think this goes to extra time. I'm going to give it to Philly 3-2 in overtime. Philly wins that game. Washington picks up a point. Then Philly has to play the very next game against Tampa. I'm going to give this one to the Lightning. Let's take the Bolts 3-2. I think that game is also going into extra time. So Philly picks up another point there. And then the final game of the round robin in the Eastern Conference is Boston versus Washington. I am going to give this game to Washington because I think at this point, Boston will have already wrapped up the number one seed. I already have Boston with two wins in regulation. Tampa Bay, I have finishing two and one as well. But the tiebreaker there is points percentage in the regular season where Boston has the advantage. So I think they will have already wrapped up the number one seed. I think Boston, you'll probably see them rest a number of people. So we're going to go with Washington in that last game of the Eastern Conference round robin. We're going to go caps for two. What this means, again, I have both Boston and Tampa Bay finishing 2-1 and one in the round robin for four points. Boston takes the tiebreaker there based on regular season points percentage. And I do have the Philadelphia Flyers leapfrogging Washington with a 1-0-2 record. So they do not lose in regulation in this round robin. They pick up four points. They don't catch Boston or Tampa, but they do leapfrog the 1-1-1 Washington Capitals knocking Washington down to the four seed. On to the Western Conference now, the top four teams once again, St. Louis, Colorado, Vegas, and Dallas. The Western Conference slate of games kicks off with St. Louis versus Colorado. We're going to give this one to the defending Stanley Cup champion Blues. Let's go St. Louis 3-2 in regulation. Dallas and Vegas is the second game, I believe, taking place on the next night. We're going to give this one to the Golden Knights. Vegas wins this thing in overtime. High-scoring game. Vegas wins it 5-4. to four. Colorado and Dallas are the next game up. That's Dallas playing back-to-back -back games. We're going to give this game to the Avalanche 4-2. to two. We got Vegas and St. Louis up next. I think this game goes to extra time as well, but we're going to give the Blues the win here 3-2. to two 
in overtime. Vegas plays the next game as well, going up against Colorado. We're going to give this game to the Avalanche. Maybe a little bit of fatigue there for the Golden Knights. Let's take Colorado 3-1. to And then the final game of the Western Conference round robin is the Dallas Stars and the St. Louis Blues. Dallas wins this game 4-3, to but I do have it going to overtime. St. Louis kind of in the same position. I think they will have probably already solidified the number one seed in the round robin, but the game still does go to overtime i've got st louis finishing 2-0 and 1 in the round robin for five of possible six points that wraps up the number one seed and actually i don't think the seeding changes in the western conference i think it stays st louis one colorado two vegas three and dallas four i've got colorado at two and one vegas and dallas both at one one and one apiece with the round robin games out of the way, we now dive into the best of five qualifying round in both the Eastern and Western conferences. Your Eastern Conference matchups are as follows. The number five seed Pittsburgh Penguins taking on the number 12 seed, my Montreal Canadiens. We've got the number six seed Carolina Hurricanes taking on the number 11 seed New York Rangers. We got the number seven seed New York Islanders taking on the number 10 seed Florida Panthers and the number eight seed Toronto Maple Leafs taking on the number nine seed Columbus Blue Jackets. So anybody that's paid attention to any of my prediction stuff basically throughout the entirety of what I've been doing on YouTube will know that like I am very stats heavy. I'm very statistics driven and edge driven in terms of making my picks, whether they're NFL picks, whether they're NHL playoff picks, whatever they happen to be. I'm very driven by statistics. I can't really be that because all the games that took place this past season where you might actually want to sit down and deep dive into the statistics, all of them happened four months ago. All of them are completely irrelevant to what you're actually going to see on the ice in these series. It's going to be a matter of, first of all, who's got their complete team, who's got the better structure, who's got the higher end talent, who's got the players that are really going to step up. And it's very difficult to predict that. It, it's almost like the beginning of a brand new season. Like you can go by what happened last season, but it's a pretty perilous thing to think that, you know, trends from one season are just going to pass right over to the next one. So this has me in a bit of a difficult spot, but here's how we're going to do this. We're just going to dive right in. We're going to look at what the season series was between the two teams because we will give that at least a little bit of credit i do also want to take a look at the betting odds and this is something i'm integrating that i haven't done in other uh in other predictions that i've ever done for the nhl is actually take a look at what the betting odds are in vegas and see if there's some interesting bets or some you know decent value bets that we might be able to find there entertainment purposes only of course maybe take a little bit of a look at some advanced statistics which can tell you more about like a team scheme and play style than an individual season so we might take a little bit of a look at that if i think there's much of an edge to look at and then we're just going to give you a prediction and a lot of it is going to be based on that my very prodigious gut is what's going to drive how how i'm predicting these series 
We're going to start right at the top in the Eastern Conference with me versus my good friend Smitty at NHL Picks 2 on Twitter, the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Montreal Canadiens. Now, both of these teams were 1-1-1 and against each other in the regular season. Both have a victory, both have a regulation loss, and both have a loss in either overtime or the shootout. Pittsburgh with the slight edge in scoring in the season series, 8-7, to and isn't that ironic that the Sidney Crosby team led scoring 8-7. to Betting odds as they sit right now, and all of these betting odds are going to be from uh, Bodog, I believe is where I got these from, and they're all up to date as of recording time. We have the Pittsburgh Penguins minus 230, so very heavy favorites in this series. In fact, I believe they are the heaviest series favorite of any series in this qualifying round. So Pittsburgh minus 230, you've got Montreal at plus 190, which is pretty good money for an underdog. And then, of course, you're looking at, like, the odds on a team to win a series by a particular margin. So you can bet Pittsburgh sweeping the series at plus 325, Pittsburgh three games to one at plus 270, Pittsburgh three games to two at plus 280, Montreal three games to two at plus 450, Montreal three games to one at plus 500, and a Montreal Canadiens sweep of three games to nothing at plus 1,000. So throw 100 bucks on that and you could be walking away with 1,100 bucks cold, although I certainly don't think Montreal is going to sweep Pittsburgh. There's no real massive edge that I can find here in the advanced stats. Uh, Montreal is a slightly better possession team. Pittsburgh wins more face-offs. Uh, Pittsburgh is a little bit luckier as measured by PDO. Of interest, over the last three seasons, since the 2017-2018 season, the Montreal Canadiens have thrown the most hits of any team in the NHL. That kind of surprised me. Guess who the number two team is? The Pittsburgh Penguins. I think whoever wins this series is going to survive this series, much less win it. These are two incredibly physical hockey teams that I think it's going to look like a Western Conference series as far as I'm concerned. I fully understand why Pittsburgh is favored as heavily as they are in this series, and you are well within your rights to assume that Pittsburgh is either going to sweep that series or take the series in five. I'm going with my team. Like, I'm, I'm going to take Montreal. I'm going to take the Habs to win this series. I'm going to take it in five games. Montreal 3-2. to two. Carey Price steals Pittsburgh's lunch money in game five. And the Habs win that series. They shouldn't necessarily have quote-unquote been there. But we are going to take Montreal three games to two over the Pittsburgh Penguins. Why? Because I want to, quite frankly. So, hey, Montreal plus 190. Or if you're really feeling froggy, that Montreal 3-2 to two odds at plus 450 at Bodog might be some interesting bets for entertainment purposes only, of course. 6 versus 11 now. Carolina versus the New York Rangers. Season series here was dominated by the Rangers. Four games to none. They won all four matchups and outscored Carolina 17 to 9. They scored over four goals per game against the Hurricanes this year, which is some very unhurricane like hockey. 
The betting odds here are kind of interesting. Obviously, Carolina is the favorite in this series, but a relatively marginal favorite for what would be considered like a six versus 11. Carolina's at minus 140, and the Rangers only at plus 120 as underdogs. So relatively small odds there on the dog. Uh, Carolina sweep is at plus 500. Carolina three games to one is at plus 300, as is Carolina three games to two. The Rangers three to two is at plus 400. The Rangers 3-1 to one is at plus 450, and the New York Rangers sweep pays out plus 550. A very significant edges here for the Carolina Hurricanes in a couple of advanced categories. Basically the possession. I mean, Carolina is a Corsi and Fenwick god, and I mean, it's been very well established that the advanced stat the analytics community absolutely loves the carolina hurricanes carolina with an 8.3 percent edge in corsi over the last three years and a 7.7 percent edge in fenwick over the last three years so those are crushing advantages from a possession metric and carolina a much better face-off team as well winning 3.5 percent more face-offs than the new york rangers I think the Rangers can bully Carolina here a little bit. They are a more physical team, and they definitely block way more shots. Carolina, the worst shot-blocking team in the NHL over the last three years. So I think the Rangers can kind of exert a little bit of physical dominance in this series. I don't think it's going to be enough. Carolina's a better hockey team. They're more experienced. The Rangers are a very young core, especially between the pipes. If it's not Henrik Lundqvist, you're talking about either uh, Shesterkin, or um, or a Georgiev. So, I mean, a, not a lot of experience between the pipes. Maybe that's why you go with Henrik Lundqvist in this series, which I guess maybe they probably will up front, which I think would probably give them a bit of a better chance. But I'm going to take the Hurricanes here. They're a better overall hockey team. I'm not going to put a huge amount of stake in the fact that the Rangers won all four regular season games. We're going to take Carolina, and I'm going to take Carolina winning that series in four games, three to one. So Carolina minus 140 might be something you might want to take a look at. Or, again, Carolina winning the series three games to one could pay you out plus 300 for entertainment purposes only. And yes, before you wonder, I am going to say that at the end of every single one. 7 versus 10 matchup in the East now. The Islanders taking on the Florida Panthers. Uh, the second straight series where we had one team sweep the other one out of town in the regular season. The Islanders, three straight wins over the Panthers. And I think it might even be four straight dating back to last season. But they were 3-0 against them this year, outscoring them 7-4. to So relatively low scoring hockey games between these two teams. What's interesting about this series from a betting perspective is neither one of these teams are at plus money. The Islanders are the favorites as the seven seed, quote unquote, at minus 115, but Florida is at minus 105. So there is no plus money option between these two. I honestly probably wouldn't be betting this series one way or the other. I don't have a hugely strong lean either way. I think there's some things that the Islanders are great at that Florida kind of sucks at. And I think there's some things that Florida are significantly better at than the Islanders. So it is a very balanced series. So I guess I can get why there is no plus money team here. You might be able to get Florida at even money if you really believe in the Panthers. Uh, an Islanders sweep or a Panthers sweep will pay you out plus 600. Uh, Islanders three games to one at plus 350, which is the same for Florida. Islanders three games to two is at plus 320, while Florida three games to two is at plus 325. 
So pretty good representation here of how close Vegas actually thinks this series is going to be when you really look at some of those like specific margins of victory where they're basically mirrored. They're basically exactly the same. Florida Panthers are a much better possession hockey team than are the New York Islanders. Florida 2.9% higher Corsi and 3.2% higher Fenwick over the last three seasons. That's indicative to me of systemically like they just play a better possession system than do the New York Islanders. But the margin that the Islanders really have over the Panthers in this series is the physicality. The Islanders block the second most shots in the NHL over the past three seasons, Florida ranks number 21. The Islanders have thrown the fifth most hits in the NHL over the past three seasons. Florida ranks number 23. So in terms of the physicality, that's really where I think the Islanders can lean on them, can gain an advantage. And I like the Islanders in this series. I think it does go the full five games, but I'm going to take the Islanders in that game five. I just think top to bottom, they're a bit of a better hockey team. One thing I will say for Florida is they certainly have better higher end talent. You have better goal scorers on the Florida Panthers than you do on the New York Islanders, but it takes more than that. And the goaltending is a question mark. I just like the Islanders here. So we're going to take the Islanders three games to two in that series. So of course on the betting side of things, if you are so inclined, the Islanders minus 115 is not a terrible bet, but this just really does smell to me like a series that goes the full five games. So the Islanders at three to two at plus 320 probably would be the way to go betting wise in that series. And the final Eastern Conference series sees the Toronto Maple Leafs as the number eight seed taking on the number nine seed Columbus Blue Jackets. And can you only imagine if the Leafs hadn't fired Mike Babcock, this could be a coaching matchup of Mike Babcock versus John Tortorella. And I would pay money to stand outside of the building and watch on a big screen to watch those two coach against each other. Edge in the season series goes to the Toronto Maple Leafs. One win, no regulation losses, but a loss in extra time. The Leafs outscoring the Blue Jackets in those two games, 7-5. to five. So 12 goals in two games. Expect some fireworks. The betting odds here to me are a little bit out of whack just on the surface. The Leafs are minus 160 in this series over the Blue Jackets who are plus 140. Boy, even if you like Toronto to win the series, Toronto minus 160 just feels like odds that are built to steal Canadians' money. A Leafs sweep, three games to none, would pay out plus 400. The Leafs winning the series three to one would pay out plus 290. The Leafs winning three to two would pay out plus 300. The Blue Jackets winning three games to two pays out plus 400. The Blue Jackets three games to one is also plus 400 and a Blue Jackets sweep three games to none pays out a juicy plus 900. From an offensive perspective, the Leafs, they definitely have more depth of scoring. They definitely have better goal scorers on their team than do the Columbus Blue Jackets. And that is something to look at in every series. I mean, Carolina and the Rangers. Carolina has far more scoring depth and better higher end scoring talent. Pittsburgh. The depth with Montreal, interestingly, is about the same. But Pittsburgh has far, far, far higher and better goal scorers than Montreal does, which you definitely have to take into account in such a short series of only five games. 
No real huge edges on the analytical side one way or the other between Toronto and the Blue Jackets. Toronto does win 3.3% uh, more face-offs, which is definitely something to pay attention to. Neither team is all that physical, but the Blue Jackets do have a higher propensity for blocking shots. Toronto, the fourth worst team in the NHL over the past three seasons at getting down and blocking shots. Maybe that's why their goaltenders have such a hard time. In another series that feels to me like it's destined to go the full five games, I'm actually going to take the Toronto Maple Leafs here. I'm going to take Toronto to win their first playoff series since, what, 2000, 2004? Would that be the first playoff win since then? So, look, I think Toronto's the better hockey team here. They've got better higher-end scorers. They have more scoring depth. I think they have the better goaltender. Columbus definitely has the better defense and I think plays the better system. This one was kind of interesting, too, because Toronto has a slight edge in the Corsi measurement of possession, and Columbus has a about a double that edge in the Fenwick measurement of possession. So it'll be really interesting. These are two very, very, very tight teams. And once again, just has the makings of a series that goes all five games. I'm going to take Toronto here, but I think you'd have to really hold your nose to grab that Toronto minus 160 bet. Honestly, I think you'd be better off, you know, taking a little less money and betting specifically Toronto to win the series three games to two, because at least that's going to pay you out a big number at plus 300. Eastern Conference is now in. We will move over to the Western Conference now. Matchups of number 5, Edmonton, taking on number 12, Chicago. Number 6, Nashville, taking on number 11, Arizona. Number 7, Vancouver, taking on number 10, Minnesota. And number 8, Calgary, taking on number 9, Winnipeg. And when we talk about Nashville and Arizona, boy, there was some news in Arizona today. So, of course, we'll start with that top series, the Edmonton Oilers taking on the Chicago Blackhawks. Chicago that looks like they'll be down Brent Seabrook. I don't think he traveled with the team to the neutral site, so I don't think he'll be playing. So that's definitely a big hit on their back end. Now, Chicago did win two of the three head-to-head -head matchups in the regular season, only outscoring the Oilers by the slimmest of margins at 10-9. Betting odds here are the same as they are in the Toronto-Columbus series, that being Edmonton minus 160 and Chicago plus 140. Certainly don't like that Edmonton minus 160. I think it's just a little too much juice. You can take the Oilers sweeping the series three games to none at plus 400, Edmonton three games to one at plus 290, Edmonton three to two at plus 300, a Chicago three to two win at plus 400, Chicago three to one at plus 400, and a Blackhawks sweep at plus 900. Edmonton, obviously, with the emergence of Leon Dreisaitl as this incredible superstar player over the last couple of years, I would say Edmonton has a little bit more scoring depth, definitely have better high-end scorers, but at the same time, this is going to be a series that's going to be predicated on an awful lot of offense as far as I'm concerned. And the biggest significant edge here for either team, the Edmonton Oilers are a far more physical hockey team than are the Chicago Blackhawks. Over the last three seasons, Edmonton has thrown the fourth most hits in the NHL, where Chicago ranks number 28 in that category. So significant physical advantage for the Edmonton Oilers. And in 
blocked shots. It's about the same Edmonton, the number five team in the NHL over the past three seasons. Chicago, just number 17. To me, Edmonton is more willing to sacrifice the body, more willing to make a hit to make a play, take a hit to make a play should they need to. But I think Edmonton is going to be able to exert their physical dominance in this series. And I think that's going to lead Edmonton to a victory. I like Edmonton over Chicago in this series. I mean, the only non-favorite I've taken so far, weirdly enough, not weirdly enough, people are going to say it's not weirdly enough at all, is my team, but it's just the way it's happened to fall. I like Edmonton in this series. I think Edmonton probably takes this thing in four games. Let's go Oilers three games to one. So obviously you can take that Edmonton minus 160 if you want to. I don't think it's a great bet, but if you want it, you can take it. I would much prefer laying the little bit extra Edmonton three games to one to pay back plus 290. Once again, of course, entertainment purposes only. Now, 6 versus 11, Nashville versus Arizona. And like I said, certainly some news out of Arizona today. As former general manager now, John Chaka resigns, quits his position with three years left on his deal over differences between him and others in management about how to build the team. And uh, it just came absolutely out of nowhere, that news today. And I can't imagine much of a larger distraction for a hockey team like to have to take on everything else that you have to take on in this weird COVID year. But now have your general manager resign his position with three years left on his deal, considered at one time to be one of the better young GMs in the league. And he's made some moves that I think have made the team better. But uh, the, the whispers, of course, is that it's, it's between Cheka wanting to pay to have a championship style roster versus Arizona, the rest of their management, just wanting to win while spending as little money as possible. That, of course, is all hearsay, but man, certainly came out of nowhere today. Both teams have one win and one loss against each other in regulation this season. Arizona outscoring Nashville 7-5 to in those games. Preds, however, come into this series as the favorite at minus 135, which is not a terrible amount of juice, I suppose. Or you can take Arizona at plus money, plus 115. A Predators sweep three games to none pays out plus 500. Nashville three to one pays out plus 300. Nashville three to two plus 290. Arizona three to two plus 375. Arizona three to one at plus 400. And an Arizona sweep paying out plus 700. These two teams have about the same scoring depth, I would say, but Nashville, I would think, has significantly better higher-end goal scorers. I mean, yes, Arizona's got a couple of real killers on that roster if they want to be, but across the board, Nashville just has these underrated like sources of 20 goals a season, and as far as I'm concerned, if you can score 20 goals a season consistently, you're probably going to wind up on the score sheet in this series, and I think the edge there offensively has to go to Nashville. I would also give Nashville the edge basically across the board analytically, except possibly in the physicality department, but they're a better possession team by any measurement. They're a luckier team. They win far more face-offs than Arizona does. I think all of these things just put a Coyotes team, which would now be vulnerable at the, you know, the 
just abandonment of their general manager, basically. It just puts them further and further behind the eight ball. They can make up for a little bit of that based on definitely being a more physical hockey team, but this has a Preds win written all over it as far as I'm concerned. We're going to take Nashville in this series, and I like Nashville to win this thing in four games. I like it three games to one for the Predators. So you can grab that Nashville minus 135 with your entertainment purposes only dollars if you would like. Or again, Nashville three to one will pay you out a nice little plus 300. The 7-10 series is our next stop, Vancouver and Minnesota. The Wild winning two of the three games in the regular season against Vancouver, but Vancouver outscoring Minnesota in those games by the slightest of margins at 9-8. Vancouver enters the series as the betting favorite at minus 130. You can grab Minnesota at plus money at plus 110. A Canucks sweep pays out plus 500. Vancouver three games to one pays out plus 300, as does Vancouver uh, at three to two. Minnesota at three to two pays out plus 375. Minnesota at three to one pays out plus 400. And a wild sweep of the Vancouver Canucks pays out plus 700 in your entertainment purposes only dollars. Vancouver is a significantly better offensive hockey team. They have more scoring depth, more dangerous scorers, better high-end scorers than do the Minnesota Wild. So from an offensive perspective, this series should be all about Vancouver. And it's really going to come down to which team has the better goaltender. No real significant edges in terms of the advanced stats. Vancouver does win a few more faceoffs. Both of these teams block shots with a very high rate. Vancouver is the littlest bit more physical than Minnesota is. Minnesota has thrown the fewest hits in the NHL over the past three seasons. Maybe that could be one of the deciding factors here. I just think Vancouver is a better hockey team. I genuinely just think Vancouver's a better team, but this is a very close matchup. Minnesota could certainly steal a game or even two here. I am going to take Vancouver to win the series, but I think this thing goes the full five games. So let's take the Canucks three games to two against Minnesota. So obviously Vancouver minus 130 could be something you might want to hone in on, or Vancouver at three games to two will pay you out plus 300. And now the final matchup of this play-in round, an all-Canadian matchup, the Calgary Flames taking on the Winnipeg Jets. Now, Winnipeg did win the only matchup in the regular season between these two teams. They won that game by a score of 2-1. to one. Very close in the betting odds here overall. Calgary is a slim favorite at minus 120, although that's a little extra juice for being a slim favorite. Winnipeg right now is playing at even money. A Calgary sweep, three games to none, would pay out plus 550. Calgary, three games to one, would pay out plus 325, where Calgary, three games to two, will pay out plus 300. Winnipeg, three games to two, pays out plus 350. Winnipeg, three games to one, pays out plus 375. Or a Winnipeg Jets sweep pays out plus 650. These two teams have about the same amount of scoring depth. However, Winnipeg just head and shoulders has better goal scorers. If you put these two rosters side by side, I would say for every three good goal scorers that Calgary has, Winnipeg's probably got four. So, I mean, it's a big enough margin to look at the offensive side of this series and say that Winnipeg should be the better team. Another series that I think it's going to come down to goaltending, and it's a good thing for the Jets that they've got a Vesna candidate between the pipes back there.
Calgary does hold a significant advantage here in terms of the possession numbers, 2.8% higher on the Corsi scale and 2.6% higher on the Fenwick scale over the last three seasons than the Winnipeg Jets. They are a better possession hockey team. Winnipeg much luckier, but Calgary definitely a better possession team. Winnipeg does play a much more physical, grinding style of hockey than the Calgary Flames do, and Calgary with their skilled forwards up front, I have questions about whether or not Calgary will be able to keep up with the physical game that the Winnipeg Jets can play. And I am really leaning on the Jets here. As soon as I looked at this series, I thought, boy, this really feels like the Jets and Calgary should be flip-flopped. It feels like the Jets should be the favorite in this series. And I'm going to go with my gut on that. I think the Jets are the better hockey team. I think the Jets have the better goaltender. I think they have the better scorers. I'm going to take Winnipeg in this series. And I like them to win it in four games. We're going to take Winnipeg three games to one in this series over Calgary, which pays out again your plus 375 or you can take Winnipeg at even money if you're feeling a little more comfortable with that. But I like the Jets in this series. I think they're the better team. I think they get the job done over Calgary. So by virtue of all of that and by virtue of the fact that all of the playoff matchups reseed highest seed versus lowest seed at the end of each playoff round, just make sure that everybody knows that once again, the end of each playoff round, all the matchups are reseeded highest seed versus lowest seed. All of that would mean we would have NHL tournament to award the 2020 Stanley Cup first round matchups of Boston versus Montreal, what a series that would be. Tampa Bay, Toronto, what a series that would be. Philadelphia and the New York Islanders and Washington, Carolina on the Eastern Conference side. And on the West, we would have St. Louis, Winnipeg, Colorado, Vancouver, what a lot of fun that would be. Vegas, Nashville, and Dallas, Edmonton. There you go, folks. Those are my predictions for the round robin round in the Eastern and Western Conference, the best of five qualifying round in the Eastern and Western Conference, and what I think the quote unquote first round matchups are going to look like in the 2020 NHL tournament to award the 2020 Stanley Cup. I hope you enjoyed it. Obviously, this is a very weird and different format and done in a very different way. Hopefully, it was enjoyable to listen to. What do you think is going to happen in the round robin what do you think is going to happen in the qualifying round all your predictions let me know in the comments section below if you want me to elaborate a little more on my feelings about the overall you know the overall fact that this is going through we can definitely have that conversation in the comments as well but uh in general again even though i don't particularly think the nhl should be back i'm not going to sit here and pretend i didn't miss hockey because I certainly missed hockey, and I certainly can't wait till we have some games going again. And I can say that I do think the NHL, of all the big four sports, has probably done the most, and I think will will eventually be shown to have been the best equipped to handle what COVID-19 is going to bring during this season or these postseasons or what have you. So I do think the NHL is doing a good job. I just still have my reservations about what's actually going to happen. But one thing we can certainly be sure of, to some degree, we will have some hockey games. And I think every hockey fan is going to be happy about that. 
That's it for me, Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter. Not fueled by Nerd Tease today because it's just too bloody hot and muggy today. But enjoy the hockey games when they come back. It's like less than a week now. It's You don't have to wait much longer. And uh, boy, let's see what happens.